Welcome everybody to the Extra Credit Show. I am your host Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. And I want to give a warm welcome back to all of our listeners that are listening to us again for a second, third, fourth, or fifth time. You know, we are the Extra Credit Show. If you are listening to us for the first time, I want to let you guys know that our goal is to educate you and maybe entertain you a little bit while helping you master your credit score with the knowledge that we've gained in the last 12 years that we've been in the consumer credit repair space. Um, follow us on all of our social media profiles. We're on Instagram at The Extra Credit Show, and you can find us with that handle on Twitter and, and Facebook. And also, if you want to watch the video, we are on YouTube. So seek us out on YouTube at The Extra Credit Show. And again, want to give a warm welcome back to everybody. In our last episode last week, we talked about how people with bad credit pay more for everything. And that really resonated with a lot of our consumers. And when we asked them to do the extra credit task of the week, we just asked them to do a really self-reflective look at their credit report and ask themselves that question, would you lend yourself money? Right? And if you would, what interest rate would you give yourself? Right, right. And, and a lot of people, you know, they go, well, I looked at my credit report. We, we got a lot of this feedback. They said, I looked at my credit report and all I saw was bad stuff. But I, you know, and, and then they're like, but I do pay things on time. For example, I pay my rent on time. I pay my cell phone bill on time. Um, I Why? have a good job. I have a good income. Why is it not on my credit Why report? Why is that not on my credit report? Why is mm -hmm. that not helping me? And I, and I got to thinking, you know, that's probably out of all the credit repair myths that are out there. And there's a ton of credit repair myths out there. What's not on your credit score is one of the things that is not known, right? Um I mean, it goes back to, I got a big promotion, I got a big raise, how's that gonna affect my credit score? It's not, right? That has nothing to do with your credit score. And I got to thinking, um, maybe we should touch up on that a little bit this week and, 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 and expand on it a little bit more because we got some great um, listener feedback. Uh, and it just, it just kind of always makes me want to exp like put those questions out there so people can probably have the similar questions or if they've never thought about it, they'll, we'll get them thinking about it because Mastering your credit score is all about being informed. Correct. Right? You can't, I mean, credit repair is out there and you can help, somebody can help you improve your credit score, but you have to master the credit score game if you want to be able to maintain your credit score over time. If you know how the game works, you're going to know how to manipulate it to your advantage. It's like uh, knowing all of the rules and you know all the rules so well, you know where to break them and when to break them. You know, that's, I, that's how I think the credit repair game is. And mastering your credit score is a little bit about that. We help you understand all the nuances, all the rules. So if there's ever a time that we can bend them a little bit, you know exactly when and where to do it. Um, and we're not talking about breaking the law. We're talking about bending the rules. So, so with that said, you know, there's a few things that we want to put out there that are not on your credit score so that when you're focused on your credit repair journey, you know that this is not going to be on your credit score. And, and really, I mean, it, it goes down to the basic protected classes, right? Your race, color, religion, national origin, sex, and marital, marital status. That's actually not calculated on your credit score. That um, is correct. Actually, that protected class... Um, it's kind of gave birth to the credit score movement, if you will, because, you know, the Fair Credit Reporting Act was enacted in, in the 1970s. Um, and alongside that came the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. Yes. And, and that essentially gave away with all of the racism and prejudice that was done when extending credit back in the 50s and 60s, um, because it really did work that way. You yes. Know, before there was no regulation into whom and who received credit extensions and a lot of the decisions they were based on um, your race and you know who you knew and, and and maybe if you were of a certain age or of a certain 
sexual orientation, they would discriminate. And so the Equal Credit Opportunity Act and the Fair Credit Reporting Act were established to, to protect those classes. Um, so a little bit of, of uh, credit scoring history there. Uh, where you live. It's always so good to know about this stuff. It, I find it fascinating. Yes. And hopefully if you're listening to the show, you find it fascinating as well. Where you live is also not part of what your what your credit score is determined. So, you know, your zip code is not has nothing to do with your credit score. Um, an interesting one is whether you receive public assistance or not. Right. A lot, there's a lot of consumers that may receive public assistance. And we're talking welfare, TANF, all that stuff. Maybe they're on Section 8. They can have great credit scores, too. Your income will never show up on your credit report. So it doesn't matter what you make and how you make your money. It will have no bearing on your FICO score or any other score that's out there. Right. I mean, you you could be receiving food stamps and have a great credit score. Oh, of course. They, they have nothing to do with each other. Uh, and also your age. That's a big one. Your mm-hmm. age has nothing to do with your credit score directly. But indirectly, you know, because since you're 20 years old, you probably don't have a lengthy credit history. You're probably not going to have a good score. But it, it the way that it calculates it, it bases off the age of your credit report, not your age. So if you are 24 and you have a, an account that's 15 years old, you probably are an authorized user on your mom's account. Mm-hmm. And then you're getting a big history and you can kind of rig the system a little bit there. But again, uh, it's not necessarily about your age. I've come across several uh, potential customers that uh, are in their 50s and they've never used credit in their lives because they were scared of it. So, you know, just because of your age doesn't mean that you're going to have a good credit score or a poor one. Right. And and so those are factors that are not calculated in the credit scoring formulas. But there's also um, accounts that people pay monthly that are not calculated in the, in the credit scoring formulas. Mm. The, the real big one is, 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 rent. is rent, right? Because if you don't own a home, then you're renting. And if you're, you're renting, you're paying that one every month because that's probably the most important bill you have. Short of not living at home with your mom. <laughs> Correct. But even then, sometimes you pay rent to your mom. This I is mean, true. Hopefully. This is true. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, but even then, if you pay your mom or your landlord on a monthly basis, that's probably one of the bills that you pay on time all the time, but you don't get any credit for it. And that's a, that's a shame. I mean, if you're paying rent on time, which is, you know, just as important as any other bill that you're paying, uh, I mean, it's a roof over your head, you should be getting, uh, you know, rewarded for this. Your credit score should reflect this. Unfortunately, it doesn't. And, and then, you know, it's just there's no there's no mechanism in place for that data to be transmitted to the credit bureaus. And, and it's important to understand that it's actually very difficult to report to the credit bureaus. You can't just call them up and say, hey, I want to report this information for my tenant. No. Um, there's a rigorous inspection process. They do on-site inspections and, and they want to make sure that all of your stuff is secure and compliance. And there's a lot of rules and regulations to how companies can credit report. And it actually costs them money. You know, it, there's there's it, 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 there's a, a cost involved with reporting to the credit bureaus. So it really, it becomes this like exclusive thing to big, big banks or big organizations, big firms. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the minimum threshold is about a thousand subscribers, right? I'm not sure as to the number, you know, the, the, I know that there is a minimum of, all right, so you got to have the, a minimum of X accounts to report every month. Um, that may change from time to time. That may be different from bureau to bureau, uh, but it is something along those lines where you got to have a minimum amount of accounts to report. Um, and so if you're a landlord, maybe you have a multi-unit 
four or five units, maybe two, three units, heck, 10 units, that certainly comes nowhere near their minimum threshold of reporting. So individual landlords really have no ability to report. Plus, they probably don't even think about it. Landlords just want to look at your credit most of the time. They let you bring your own report. Um, or if you're doing it through a property management company, they'll run your own credit and then they'll make the decision. And sometimes property management companies themselves are not big enough to credit report. There are a few big ones that do report. I've seen one or two in 12 years that can report. And then it's very selective reporting. So they only report to one bureau. Um, and then we're going to go... They, 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 the, that one bureau may not, it may not be scored. So we'll talk about that in a second. But the whole reason why we're even talking about this is because one of the messages that we received was a consumer came across a service um, where you pay them and they report to the credit bureau for you, which is kind of interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. So let's break this down. You're a consumer, you're paying rent to your landlord. Your landlord cannot report to the credit bureaus because it's just simply not within their scope or means. Right. And and so there's this company, a couple of companies out there. I think, well, how many? Four, five, six companies out there? I've seen at least six. And what their their whole business model is that you pay them money and they report to the credit bureaus, which is interesting um, because that means that they've qualified and met the bureau's requirements to report data to them. And they specifically specialize in reporting rental history, right? Uh, what's one of their names? They have catchy names. So, well, the catchiest one I know of is Rental Karma. Okay. Now, Rental Karma is a company that uh, essentially you sign up to. You, you, it's a membership that you enroll in. It's a $40 enrollment fee. Um, and what they do is they take your rental history. You, you, know, you self-report to them. Um, the service is $9.95 a month. Wait, you self-report? Yes, you self-report. Okay. You self-report to them. It's $9.95 a month. You pay them $5 a month if you want to go back and report two years of prior history. Because once you start subscribing to this, you know, obviously they're going to start reporting your rental history uh, from that point on as long as you subscribe, which is $10 a month. But what if you've been in your lease for the last three, four, five years? You know, where does that where does that credit go to? So Rental Karma is willing to go up to 24 months prior uh, to to when you signed up if you pay them $5 for each additional month. I mean, it ends up costing about $120. So they'll add a trade line of your history going back for, mm-hmm. for that fee. Yes. Um, do they do any verification to make sure you're paying on time? Like, how does that, How do, I guess, how does that pass that smell test of what if you don't pay your rent on time or like, how do they know you do pay on time if you're self-reporting? Is well, there any verification that goes on with the landlord, maybe? You, you have to show them your lease agreement. Uh, I'm more than certain that they contact your landlord to, to verify that you're so, paying. So it would be something where your landlord would kind of have to at least verify. say yes or give a nod to? That is correct. Very, very interesting. So so for our, you said... A, Here's the kicker, though. Okay. They actually only report to TransUnion, not all three bureaus. Wow. Okay. That's a big deal, guys. That's a really big deal because there's three major credit bureaus, mm-hmm. right? And if technically in this scenario, if you add this trade line, you're going to have one high score and two maybe not so high scores or Correct. low scores, depending on what the rest of your credit looks like. So what's the total cost? If you want to report back as much going back and then you want to continue to report. So it's $40 sign up fee. It's a nine ninety five per month and $5 a month for the prior 24 months. You're looking at 120 plus 40, six, 
160 plus a 995, you're looking at a total of 169.95 just to get it started. And that adds a two-year trade line on your credit report mm -hmm. and an ongoing reporting every month for 10 bucks a month. Correct. So $120 a year in, in, if you were going to have this on for every year. Correct. Right? Okay. So for $170, you get one two-year trade line on your TransUnion report, and that's it. And that's, you know, that, that we thought about that. I, I think about that like, okay, so two, $170, there's probably very little other things you can do to put that kind of potential score improvement for 170 bucks. So dollar per point value is probably very high on a product like this. It is, it's extremely high. Uh, I, don't, I don't know of any other type of account that for $170, you can place two years of instantaneous positive history on your credit report. It won't, there's nothing out there that'll give you a boost that high for the dollar amount. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty incredible, but understanding the limitation that it's only gonna improve Extreme on Bureau. Extreme limitations, oh. um, as you just stated. It's only gonna improve one bureau. But when you're doing purchases or you're trying to obtain credit with future creditors, like specifically homes and cars, they're gonna look at all three of your credit reports. And but you'll have one high score and two regular scores. Exactly. So, you know, unless unless you're going to a lender that specifically looks at TransUnion, you know, it may not actually help you in the long run. When you're mastering your credit score, one of the things that you learn is you learn which which creditors look at what bureaus for mm -hmm. example here locally we know what what our local credit union they really only look at experian mm -hmm. so when a consumer has a really high experience score for whatever reason we, we would refer them to this credit union because we know that they're going to have the best odds at getting the best terms with that credit union so part of the perks of mastering the credit score game is understanding what entities use what bureaus at what time mm -hmm. but it gets a little bit more complicated um because especially for the consumers that are wanting to potentially improve their score to buy a house or buy a car, the scoring models used within those industries, and we're talking about the FICO credit score, has no idea what a rental trade line is because that's a relatively new phenomenon on credit reports. So these outdated models, they'll see this trade line on a credit report, they won't know how to score it, so they'll ignore it. And, and that's the point that I, I was wanting to get to. Um, one of the limitations on how this works and reporting to TransUnion, as you so stated, um, different credit scoring models rate it differently. Some scoring models, even if it's on the report, don't rate it at all. Uh, it might as well not be on there. It might as well not be on there. Um, home purchasing, as you just stated. Um, FICO 4 is what's used when you go purchase a home. That's what lenders are using. FICO 4 is so old that they it has rental history has no bearing on that score whatsoever. So if you're trying to buy a home, adding your rental report to your uh, rental history to your report won't do anything for you. Right. Uh, the ones that I know that do use it are brand new models like FICO 9 or FICO XD or the Vantage 3.0. And these these are these are credit scoring models developed by different credit scoring companies used in in finance and, and you know they're all fighting for market share for this bank like no use my model use this model and these credit scoring models all they're doing is predicting risk the one that has the biggest market share is fico that's probably the one that you guys all recognize right now listening to the show vantage model is, is coming up um and vantage model is the one that's used by credit karma which most consumers right now are watching their credit scores on credit karma mm -hmm. so 
the deal with Rental Karma, they might be connected. The names are eerily <laughs> similar. Um, but the deal with it is you you pay 170 and then you see an immediate improvement on your Credit Karma score, right? Mm -hmm. Because Credit Karma is using Vantage 3.0. So correct. immediately the consumer thinks that they're, oh, wow, I've got all this bang for my buck, which is technically true. But it, if you understand the limitations, you might think about it a couple of times. Um, because Vantage right now, as we're seeing it in the credit industry, it really has... It's improving market share, but you know not that much. So it's one percent in all of mortgages, one percent in auto lenders. So pretty much nobody's using it nobody's in the auto or mortgage markets. Um, but where it's really gaining traction is in credit cards, new credit card applications. So you're seeing all of these big banks issuing new credit cards, and forty-five percent of those issues. That's not bad. Is, is calculated with a Vantage score. So if you go get a credit card, there's a 45% chance um, that they're gonna use a Vantage score. And if they just so happen to pull TransUnion, man, you might have a really high score on TransUnion, you might have a better chance at getting that credit card. And then that in turn is much likely gonna report to all three bureaus, the credit card that you get, and then help you build your credit history there and have good credit on all models, not just the Vantage model. That's probably the biggest like source of confusion is a consumer has a really high Vantage score. They see it on their Credit Karma, they get super excited and then they go to a lender, to the lender and then the lender's like, well, your score's 510. And they're like, are you kidding? I have a 700, right? Check it out, here's my phone. And it's like, no. So it's understanding the differences in the scoring models and, and the limitations of, of, of the Vantage model. Because really, I mean, as little as like, we're in 2018 right now as of the recording, and as little as probably 2015, I mean, Vantage was pretty much unknown. Unless you were an extreme credit geek like us, nobody really understood or knew about Vantage. In um, fact, the, their premium model wasn't even scored the same way as FICO is. Like now they have a similar scoring model where they go from like 300 to 850. Uh, back then, uh, Vantage was going all the way to 999. Right. It was, <laughs> and, and it was a bottom of 501. Uh -huh. So the 350 was 501 in the Vantage model and the 850 was a 999 in, in the Vantage model. And that was super confusing because you that means 700 is mediocre. Exactly. And so when you had a 700 on the Vantage 2.0 model and then you had a 500 on the FICO model, you were just all sorts of confused. Well, that explains it there. So so the takeaway I, the takeaway here that I want to get to is, is it worth it? It's It's really hard to say. I mean... Well, let me ask you this. Would you... If you were a renter, buy this. Would you spend the money to do it? Well, personally, at, at my current situation, just if I was a renter or not, I wouldn't, simply because I have an, a phenomenal credit score. Um, depending on what you're trying to so get out of this. So you don't need more points? No, there, there's absolutely okay. no reason. But if you're a consumer who's, let's say, in the high 500s, low 600s, and you need a credit boost, then yes, I mean, $170 is great bank for your buck. And as we explained earlier, um, this can lead to potential of establishing more credit through credit cards, which are a big factor in how your score is graded. You you know, it's definitely worth it. So to the, the context of this is really, I think the takeaway that we're gonna get to is if you're, if you're, you're listening to the show because you want to learn more about credit or maybe yes. you are trying to improve your credit. So here's the takeaway. If you're renting and your score is probably in the high 500s or low to mid 600s, this might be something that you want to do mm -hmm. because it's going to help you improve your score. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
and it's going to be a quick boost and you will not find a boost of this status for 170 bucks anywhere. No, you're not. But if your score's in the high sixes to low sevens or beyond that, it's really not that big of a deal anymore because you already have the history behind you to generate that kind of a score. So you don't need to be spending money on a product like this. In fact, if you have a 660 credit score or 680 credit score, I guarantee you that it's probably more on credit card utilization. So you should spend that money on bringing your credit cards down as opposed to trying to establish more of a payment history. So those are just our two cents. That's our takeaway from these rental reporting type services. If you guys are in the market for something like that, you know, give it a good thorough look and understand, more importantly, understand the limitations of it only reports to one bureau. It, it's not really scored by the FICO model. And, and understanding that will help you make a better and more informed choice, either whether deciding to get this product and where and when you go apply for more credit. That's correct. Uh, one thing I wanted to add on there, um, there's a reason for this, you know, Less than 1% of all credit reports contain rental history, um, which is, you know, it's just phenomenal. If it's not in there, it's for a reason. Um, furthermore, even if it's on the report, it's generally not going to be on your three reports, the, the three regular Experian, TransUnion, or Equifax reports. Um, there is other bureaus that handle this kind of stuff, Experian Rental Bureau which is another reason why you don't see it on your regular credit reports. So chances are, even if you do subscribe to one of these services that reports to anything other than TransUnion, it's still not going to appear on your regular credit report. So this is something you have to calculate and factor onto whether these services are worth it or not. Right. And, and so oftentimes, one of the limitations of having poor credit is you find it difficult to, to rent, right? Mm -hmm. So you're trying to move. You know, we've talked about it on the show before that it limits where you can move to. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and they're like, well, we look at our credit report, our credit report is good. Maybe there's something hidden there in the past. And, and, and what's going on is that they're actually looking at different databases. So you have the big three credit bureaus that manage just your, your payment history when it comes to credit stuff like loans and credit cards and things of that nature. But there's also these like little credit bureaus that, that I like to call them that specialize in, 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 in certain areas of your life. For example, the big one in this off bureau um, system is check systems. Check systems, yes. So check systems is a little credit bureau compared to the big three, and they specialize in managing information for um, defaults with banks. And, and so you're not going to find this type of default with... Um, with, with the bank at the credit bureau. You're, you're gonna find this default if you owe a bank money, like your account was overdrawn, and then they send this to check systems to report. Or if you write a bad check. Or if you write a bad check, there'll be a history there of this person wrote a bad check. And when you go apply for a new bank account, they're gonna check your check systems, and if you have a negative entry on check systems, there's a very high chance that they're gonna deny you for that checking account. And, and so that's a little credit bureau known as check systems. Another one is um, LexisNexis. LexisNexis, which is a database of public records. Now, this one's not so little. In fact, yeah, they're this actually one's this one's actually the world's largest repository of public record and judgment information. Um, so, so they're actually quite huge, and they they report exactly that: judgments, bankruptcies, 
tax liens. No, right? no, all that stuff is found on credit reports too, though. Correct, but that's because LexisNexis has a partnership with the credit bureaus. So the credit bureaus actually get that info from LexisNexis. That is correct. And so there's there's that connection there. But really, is if when you go rent, the landlord is wanting to know if you've been evicted before. A property management company that you know screens consumers or applicants for for rental applications, they're wanting to know, has this person ever had problems renting in the past? And it may not be on your credit report, but it can show up on a LexisNexis report. And people correct. are like, hey, that was a long time ago. It was a tough situation. It, my landlord was a slumlord. For whatever reason, you know, they have this negative entry for, for maybe an eviction or past due rent. And, and you can find that kind of stuff on this LexisNexis report. But all of these bureaus, you know, they're all governed by the Fair Credit Reporting Act because they all fit the definition of a credit bureau and a credit reporting agency or a credit bureau has to abide by the Fair Credit Reporting Act. That is and correct. And in fact, there's probably 50, you know, around the nation that specialize in certain segments of consumer information. But the takeaway is if they're all governed by, by the Fair Credit Reporting Act, that means that you have the ability to get one of those credit reports or one of those LexisNexis reports or one of those check systems reports and inspect it for accuracy as it belongs to your information or as it pertains to your information. Once a year, you're entitled to a free report. Take advantage of it. Um, always make sure that you check to see if there's any inaccuracies so that you can challenge them. As, uh, as stated, if they're governed by the Fair Credit Reporting Act, they have to abide by the same rules. Everything on there must be accurate or you may dispute it for them to, to remove it if, if it shouldn't be on there. Um, so is there anything else uh, that you want to talk about or should, should we? Yeah, give you know, with, with, um, with, with, with understanding the, the way that the credit bureaus operate, I mean, we, we, we need to understand, like, if I'm trying to explain it to somebody is, okay, so the credit bureaus literally have your information, information you have no idea they have. Right. This is the information all age. Your, all of your addresses, all of your payment history, where you've lived at, who you've lived with. Right. All of this data is kind of out there in the universe. And these bureaus compile the information and then they sell it to people that want to know more information about you. And obviously they make a tremendous profit. Right. So they're not going to be inspecting this data for accuracy. That is correct. So it's always up to the consumer to look at the file, look at the data and go, that's inaccurate, that doesn't belong to me, that did not happen like they're saying that it happened because nobody's gonna do that for you. You're your only advocate. And so, you know, we really wanna drive that point home is understand the way that system works and, you know, review your credit reports, whether it's the three reports, whether it's a check systems report or a LexisNexis report, because that's what's gonna help you master your credit score. And, and it's not going to be one of those where you don't even have to worry. You won't care what credit scoring model they use. You won't care what bureau they use, right? Your, good, your credit is good anywhere. Like, it doesn't matter. Check it with whatever scoring formula you got. Check them with all the formulas. Check them with all the bureaus. One bureau, doesn't matter. My credit is good everywhere. That's, to the, that's the point where you want to get to, you know, and, and, and we're going to help you do that here at the Extra Credit Show. So, and with that, we are moving on to the Extra Credit Task of the Week. And do you want to take a guess at what it is? Check your offsite uh, credit bureaus, uh, LexisNexis, your check systems, you know, maybe your Experian rental history report. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, check literally, them. you go to checksystems.com, punch in your info, they'll mail you a check systems report. That's correct. And, and that is the extra credit task of the week. Take a look at those reports, review those for accuracy because you have access to a, an Experian, Equifax, TransUnion relatively simply, but these check system ones go unlooked at for years. And if you have something there, you know you have something there because the banks, you can't open up a bank account. So that is a very good sign that you have something at check systems. Take a look at it, you know, verify it for accuracy and, and resolve it so that you can continue to master your credit score. So there you go, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, this is The Extra Credit Show. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media profiles on Instagram at The Extra Credit Show, on YouTube, Facebook, all of that. Visit our website, theextracreditshow.com. Guys, I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. We'll see you guys next time.